Good afternoon, folks. This is Brian Niemeyer, brianniemeyer.com, and welcome to another episode of Geek Gab on the Books. I get a lot of requests from authors and we really like tips and the actionable advice that I occasionally give out. So I thought today I'd book a guest and I figured I would just have a, a frank and intimate discussion with you, the listeners on some tips for polishing up your prose because I've been doing a lot of editing lately. And one thing that I've noticed is there are a few, not necessarily mistakes. Yeah, there's some mistakes, but uh, there are some bad habits, let's say. Yeah, that, that's a better term for it. That almost every new writer I've seen displays to one degree or another and I've come up with a list. I'm just going to go over some of those, some common writing foibles of aspiring new authors and give some tips based on my experience and advice I've heard from people that are way more experienced and professional than I am about how to avoid some of those and iron some of those out. So let's just jump right into it. Okay, and I'm going to... I'm going to start with one of my pet peeves here, honestly. And again, this is something that isn't grammatically incorrect. It It is correct English, but that's an important delineation that has to be made, which is with prose writing, especially in science fiction and fantasy, you're going to adhere to different conventions and different rules than if you're writing a term paper or a white paper or an essay or something. You always want to be focused on the reader experience, okay? So you want your story to be as accessible to the reader as possible. And, and yes, I'm one of those, the prose should be invisible kind of guys. I definitely adhere to that school. Now, I know some of my friends in the Pulp Rev might get up in arms over that. And let me just say, yes, I, I enjoy the more flowery prose, the, the richer prose, that was a fixture of American writing until probably the latter half of the, the 20th century. You know, I, I dig me some William Hope Hodgson and some Lovecraft, but the fact remains you've really got to write to the market and to avoid making career limiting decisions, you know, which I admit are yours to make if you want to write purple prose or power to you, but you are not going to reach as many people as if you try to write for the market and Chuck another one up to our education system. Most people read it like the fourth or fifth grade level, I think. It might even be lower by now. So it's not that you have to dumb it down, but you want to remove as many obstacles to the reader's enjoyment and accessibility of the work as possible. Okay, with that preamble out of the way, tip number one for polishing your prose. Favorite more concise sentences over sentences with lots of clauses and commas. I, I see this all the time. I'm not exactly sure why. I, I speculate that a lot of new writers think that writing longer sentences with lots of dependent clauses and prepositional phrases, you know, joined together by commas and other punctuation increases the speed of pacing or something. Like that, oh, well, if I keep the sentence going, the reader will, will have to read longer and 
periods. I think they see periods and, and full stops as speed bumps. This is not true. It's the exact opposite. I know it's kind of counterintuitive, but write clear, concise, not necessarily short, but concise and punchy sentences without a lot of meandering. You just you want you want them to get to the point, and it's okay to use a lot of shorter sentences as opposed to like one paragraph long meandering sentence. So, for example, uh, a shorter example of a sentence that I might see is surrounded by zombies, comma, June felt terror creeping up her spine. And again, that's grammatically correct. You might hear that in everyday speech. But prose writing should be the best of speech. So I would write that, and it's easier for people to read, terror crept up June's spine as the zombies surrounded her. That's just one straight sentence, you know, subject, verb, predicate. There's a prepositional phrase in there, but it's way more straightforward. So it's better to string a few of those together. Long, loquacious, roundabout sentences. Okay. Similarly, in the same category, beware of starting sentences with ing verbs, with verbs ending in ing this all the time, it achieves the same effect, but it's it's a big reader speed bump. So, for example, walking down the street, comma, whistling a jaunty tune, comma, Dave juggled apples. And the way that I would suggest rewriting that, Dave juggled apples as he walked down the street and whistled a jaunty tune. So again, it, I just find it flows better it, it reads better. It's, just, it's a matter of flow, which is something you just kind of have to feel out and learn. And that comes from reading. Number one tip for improving your writing is read. Read a lot. Read in and out of your genre. A bit of advice that I took when I was starting out was given by Ray Bradbury to aspiring authors. And Bradbury said, read one short story, one essay, and one poem every night, religiously, before you go to bed. And that was something that he did for his whole career, as far as I know, and I found it really did help me. I, I did that before I wrote an ethereal for about six months, and the reason it helps is, hey, writing short stories is, is obvious. It teaches you, how to, it teaches you how to write fiction stories, right? But the, the reason you want to read uh, short stories as opposed to reading like a few chapters in a novel is it teaches you word economy because for a short story, you can't waste words. You got to be punchy. You got to be concise. Okay. And I might ask, well, why, why read an essay? It's because essays teach you how to organize thoughts, which should not be overlooked when writing fiction. And then finally, poems teach you how to use words. Again, they teach you more word economy. They build your vocabulary. And they give you more, more of an ear for using words. So, very much recommend Bradbury's advice. Now, speaking of sentence lengths and how, how to arrange sentences, sentence level and into more the paragraph level, this is pretty easy rule of thumb. People like reading shorter paragraphs as opposed to walls of text especially nowadays. You, you really want to avoid the wall of text. 
You want to keep your paragraphs to five manuscript lines maximum. I, I really, I plot all the stops to avoid going over that. Like even if you got to split a paragraph in midstream and it's technically part of the same idea and you shouldn't, but it'll get you two three-line paragraphs instead of one six-line, do it. In fact, three lines is the optimal length for a manuscript paragraph. Again, not, not talking in print, but like in your word processor or if you're old school on your typewriter page. Okay, getting back more to the sentence and word level. Something I see uh, all the time is overuse of personal pronouns like he, she, they, we, at the beginning of paragraphs especially, do not do this. Okay, because you want the reader to know who's talking, you want the reader to know who's acting. And normally I say avoid repetition, but you really should not begin a new paragraph with a personal pronoun. Use the character's name or some other description for the character. So when you're starting a paragraph, new idea, new train of thought, don't say she, say Karen. Don't say he, say Bob. No, don't, don't say we, say like Dave and I. Or, you know, the, the hard-boiled detective, something. But personal pronouns can get nebulous really fast. So avoid, avoid too much of those. You can use them, like, in, in the middle of a paragraph or in a sentence after you have clearly defined who's acting. But uh, you always want to keep the reductive speed on who's doing what. Which brings me to keep track of position. Okay, I see this a lot in action scenes. This was a mistake that I did, and my editor, Jaji Lamplight, well, Lamplighter Wright, corrected me on, which is make sure in an action scene, note that doesn't necessarily mean a combat scene, just any time that it is more helpful for the reader to know where all the characters are and what they're doing than not. Make sure they do. Just make sure that you've got a good mental sketch of the room, you know where like the three most important objects in the room are, and you know where all the characters are, and if they move, notify the reader. Notify the reader what they're doing, and that'll go a long way toward clarifying action scenes. It's also more engrossing. It's more immersive, because the less confused the reader is, the, the faster the pace will seem to be. Um, that's, that, that's another trick, which is when readers talk about a book being fast-paced, Pinning down exactly why is very difficult. And usually a, a, a trick that you learn as a writer and an editor is the elements that actually go into pacing a novel are very different than what you would think superficially. And that's one of them. Positioning actually helps with pacing. And uh, we, we've got a friend of the show, Justin Knight, the stoic writer, making confession for his past authorial sins in the chat here. Uh, Absolvote, Justin. Uh, I edited his book Praxis, which is out now, and he he's come a long way, folks. He uh, his transformation as a writer has been total. It's like a metamorphosis from a cocoon of beautiful butterflies. It's, it's beautiful, and, and and you can do it too. It just takes some hard work and practice, and keeping some common sense rules in mind. Okay. Overall, so if there's one overarching rule you should keep track of and keep in mind, it is this. 
if you have a choice between being clever when writing a sentence or a paragraph or a scene or a whole book or being clear, always go with clear, okay? Clarity trumps cleverness every single time. Don't lapse in, into like impromptu slam poetry. Uh, that This goes back to using all the, the dependent clauses and ing verbs separated by commas. No, 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 just be clear. Readers will enjoy clarity far more than your cute little twist of phrase. Don't, don't get cute. Just if in, if in doubt, write it straightforward, right? Write it clear. And a, a big tip involving that is uh, maintaining point of view. That could be a, a whole other show, but the, the main thing I'll say right now is take your point of view, what you're going to use, omniscient or third person. Do not use second person like N.K. Jemison does. That is experimental writer's workshop BS that directly flies in the, the face of being being clear. But once you define that, stay with it. So if you're in third person close and you've got your POV character established for the scene, which you should do immediately, you can't head hop. You can't say what another character is thinking or feeling unless the POV character has some way of knowing it. And also, if the POV character knows a secret or is thinking something that's important to the plot, you can't hide it from the reader without cheating. Uh, so watch watch those POV errors. And as Jada Cowan says, second person is cancer. Amen. It's it's not even really a thing. I, I don't know why that's a thing. Just uh, just pretend it doesn't exist. Let's just never speak of that again. Okay, and finally, because we're running a little bit long here, but I think this needs to be said. Dialogue. As I hinted at before, many writers try to approach dialogue the, the Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino way and say, oh, I will write the way that people talk. And if you look at what those two writers do, they don't actually do that. Their writing is actually very polished and it's very deliberate. And anytime I've seen an author try to write the way people speak, it turns into an incomprehensible mess. It's, it's just annoying with lots of verbal tics. There's no better way to waste words. So dialogue should not emulate real speech, folks. Dialogue should be the best of real speech. Think of it that way, right? Uh, Bradford Walker in the chat saying, just as most people hate fine dining because it's far more about artsy BS than fueling the body, most folks hate artsy prose for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. Again, be clear. Don't try to be cute. Don't try to be clever. No, you're, you're not John C. Wright. You're not Norman Mailer. unless you are, but if you're starting out, just stick to the basics. And with, with dialogue, think of it this way. You know how someone cuts you off in traffic and you, you sputter and try to find your horn and you can't, and by the time you do, he's gone. And so you just simply shake your fist and you go home, have a cookie, go to bed, and then you wake up in the middle of the night with a perfect comeback, right? That's what your prose dialogue should be. Because you, as the author, can give your characters the advantage of being able to say exactly the right pithy thing at the right time, because you can go back and fix it in post. Right? So your characters should be talking as if they've had a whole night to sleep on the conversation 
but in the moment, if, if that makes sense. Uh, JD brings up, as you know, Brian. Yeah, that's called made in Butler dialogue. You're going to want to avoid that. That is when you have characters who are expressing exposition through dialogue and saying things such as, well, as you know, or, you know, as we agreed, you know, we, we are here meeting, like we said, and it's just, it's redundant. People don't talk like that. That, that is one case where you should avoid straying too far from how people really talk. So that's it. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks for listening. Um, as always, you can catch GeekGab Prime on Saturdays with my fellow host, Daddy Warp Ignornall. Also, I believe they've got a game night coming out, I think, tomorrow. So let me just check on that. Yeah, it looks like they're doing Cyberpunk with Aaron Alexander tomorrow night. That, uh, that should be... So yeah, tune in for that. Check out my award-winning Soul Cycle. There are links below. Award-winning science fiction fantasy horror. In the tradition of the pulps and... Just some new stuff I made up. Oh, hey, here's Dornall in the chat. He, he confirms. All right. Thank, thank you, Dornall. All right, well, thanks for joining me, everybody. We'll see you next time. And remember to keep reading. Specifically, one short story, one poem, one essay. Every night. Good night. <laughs>